This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. For as little as a buck a month, you'll get exclusive rewards and help keep this podcast mattress ad free. Support us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. On this week's episode, I have a chat with actor, writer, producer Gregory Lay, whose credits include Adjustment Bureau, Forever, Blue Bloods, Law & Order SVU, and Person of Interest, among other films and TV shows. Greg recently collaborated with Sean Cunningham, Episode 3, and Mary Catherine Greenwald, Episode 4, on the independent dramedy Hudson. We talk about his experience working on that film, how he disconnects from the noise of cities and social media, the wisdom and humility that develops with experience and age, and the importance of figuring out what drives you as a creative individual. Here's my chat with Gregory Lay. What do you think it is about those those towns that are like that, that like a hundred years ago, like it feels like that was like the place to be and then you visit it today. But there's also, there's just something so inspiring about those places. Like, do you feel that way when you're, when you're there? Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's just sort of like, because I grew up around the city, I think that, you know, I feel most comfortable just sort of in this chaotic sort of high volume environment. And then, uh, so for me, this is kind of like, you know, the contrast is a vacation, but I mean, I think towns like this, especially in Pennsylvania, I mean, I think when, when there was, you know, when, when there was the oil boom and, and, and these towns were sort of had a lot of wealth coming through them, not to mention the smaller communities. I just think that, you know, you walk down the streets here and you can kind of see these old buildings and these old beautiful churches. And it's, it's kind of, I don't know, you're right. It's inspiring in a way because it's sort of reminiscent of a, a simpler time that I've never known, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, it's a little depressing because you kind of look around and a lot of these towns are so dilapidated. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a ghost town. You kind of, I can only imagine what it used to be like, but you can kind of imagine people walking up and down the street with parasols and, yeah, and yeah. uh, you know, in period dress, it just seems like that. But, you know, as, uh, as, as, as cultures change and as the, uh, I don't know, I guess the economy's changed and just sort of, uh, you know, the entire country's changed. It just seems like a lot of these towns were sort of just, it's unbelievable up here because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the houses, even, even in and around her place are just either emptied out or burned out. And we said, I wanted to like, it'd be a perfect place to shoot a horror movie because you literally will go down the street like a half mile and there'll be some cabin that looked like it was once a house that looks like it was set on fire at some point. And, uh, it's probably definitely haunted. So, um, it would be a perfect place to shoot something rather creepy. That sounds awesome. I would love to make a horror movie. I know, man. One, it's pretty cool to do it with. You could do it with one location, and I don't think anybody, not only would nobody give a shit, you shot something up here. They'd be probably, you know, in terms of giving you any, you know, giving you any pushback. But I think that they'd be pretty, uh, pretty excited about it. I feel like when you come to these small towns, you know, even when Sean and I made our movie in uh, in Syracuse. It's just when you start getting outside of the city, and, and from what I've heard, especially L.A., because, you know, you kind of can't fart on the sidewalk without getting a permit for it. I think, uh, I think it's, uh, it's kind of ideal if you're, a, if you're an, an independent filmmaker to have these places where people are sort of welcoming and gracious to sort of have you there uh, patronizing the, um, you know, the, the local businesses and just, like, shooting around. And they get excited. It's kind of nice. It's sort of motivating, too, because, you know, you're not you don't have that anxiety about, um, you know, crossing into somebody's private space and then having, you know, them getting pissed about it or like wanting money. And, you know, even if you offer them money, it's just sort of like, it's just a different vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like the people there are more excited about it. Yeah, exactly. And excitement that kind of, I think, wanes over time, you know, as you kind of like, you know, put your head down, you start to, you know, you start to, uh, you know, you start to really get into the grind of that business. It's it's easy to lose sight of how exciting and, and, and fun and interesting and and um, enjoyable what you're doing is. So, you know, to be able to kind of 
stay in that frame of mind with the support of the people around you and the community around you is pretty is pretty cool. Wow, I, I really feel like it's just really serendipitous that I'm talking to you about this because I think that just that just kind of blew the doors open on this this whole idea I've been thinking about about because I feel like I've, mm-hmm. there's like so, so much romanticism for me and uh, like nostalgia when I think about those places and I think that's what it is now that you mention it. it's like you get so burned out working on your creative stuff you know day day in day out but when you can take yourself out of that and be in a new place like that or somewhere that's a little bit more isolated uh, I feel like you can rediscover that inspiration you know like I always think about making stuff when I was like a kid you know and mm-hmm. you, you kind of like maybe didn't think about it as much or didn't have as much experience but as you grow and have more experience doing things you kind of get I don't want to say like jaded but do you think there's like a certain like well, cynicism to that yeah no I mean there's no question I think that well I think what I found is that life kind of comes full circle it's like you know, when you're a kid you're sort of inspired and fulfilled by the smallest, simplest of things. And then as culture around you, especially when you're a teenager in your 20s growing up, you have all these ideas of the things you're supposed to be doing and the uh, the things you're supposed to aspire to, um, you know, financially and otherwise. Sure. And you kind of lose that spark. You lose that magic and the whole rat race of things. And then you kind of come back around and you realize, you know, at the, at the foundation of things is sort of this just this simple kind of connection to an environment and you're not, you know, you're sort of able to take your time, you know, here I can get up in the morning and there's, it's just dead silent and you can kind of just sit outside Mm. and, um, I don't know, just kind of, kind of take it in. And if anything, just have time with your thoughts instead of constantly thinking about where you've got to be, who you've got to be talking to, how far ahead you've got to be at the age that you are, because it's, it's kind of a poison, right? I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's very easy to get into that mentality where you're in such a race, a race to accomplish something that the accomplishment itself kind of loses, kind of loses meaning. And it, it starts to come from a, a less human place yeah. and uh, people around you tend to sort of be automatons and not, and not sort of maybe be as in touch with sort of what we all have in common, which is, you know, sort of each other. And, uh, you know, just sort of a simpler way of life, especially if you've grown up around the city. I feel like there's a lot of pressures to, I don't know, be somebody, you know, impress other people. And then you kind of realize it's all bullshit. You kind of, you kind of, you know, for me anyway, it's been massively re-inspiring by sort of kind of rediscovering that, you know, because I know I felt like that when I was a kid. And then, you know, one day I kind of snapped out of the whole, that whole rat race mentality. And, and once again, I was able to kind of take my time and not be in such a rush. So yeah, I think it's super important, man. It keeps you grounded. It's important to be grounded. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's, like you're saying, there's, there's so much of that outside noise, whether it's just being in a noisy environment like New York or social media, for example, like I think, cause like I've noticed myself like right now, whenever I'm driving, like I just keep things like complete silent because uh, there's just, there's just too much stuff that makes you, I don't know, man. It may, it drives me nuts. Like I can really, really relate to that quietness and you know being alone with your own thoughts and and just like enjoying whatever it is you're doing in the moment. You know, because there's so much. Uh, I guess, yeah, people avoid it, man. People yeah, avoid, people avoid uh, sitting with those thoughts because right. a lot of the times they don't like them, or they're telling them you know something in opposition to what they're used to doing, and people are so driven by comfort that even if. Um, there's a possible aspiration to break out of that comfort and do something that they actually truly want to do. You know, I think the reason you start to realize the reason why people don't budge, even if they're possibly going somewhere that's a little bit more fulfilling, more exciting, more real, it's change, right? And people are scared about change and they, 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 it freaks them out. So they like to stay exactly where they are. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's such an individual thing. Um, and, you know, look, it's, it's tempting, right? I mean, there's, Social media, things like this, they kind of tap into sort of the most primal sort of reactionary parts of people and people get caught up in the, uh, caught up in the skirmish and they don't, they don't, you know, I mean, and on the other hand, like, you know, even going back to what you were saying before, it's, it, it just becomes less and less human. So you start sort of speaking to people as avatars and you don't have to look them in the eyes. So it's, uh, so yeah, man, I think, um, I think it's important. I think it's important to get out of the city. I think it's important to, you know, to sort of reconnect with the very simple things. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people that I've been talking to, like friends, and they just kind of reaffirm that too, that, you know, slowing down and taking some time to get away and, and um, basically just everything you said, it's like, I feel like more people are coming to that realization of fulfillment. And, yeah, why do you think that is? What do you think it is? you think it's the age? Do you think it's because we're in our 30s? Um, I think that does have something to do with it for sure. And I, I like to think that it has something to do with the modern age as well. Like, I feel like we've done all this stuff with computers and social media and everything and not really reflected mm-hmm. on like what that's doing to the culture or like driving us as individuals. And, you know, cause for me, like I do like the channel, my, my YouTube channel is like about like recording and music. And then I have like this podcast mm-hmm. sort of like a, you know, offshoot of that. And, um, but it, it becomes to be a lot of things to keep up with, you know, and a lot of, um, yeah, and you don't have to, I don't think. You know, yeah. it's a, uh, it, it's kind of uh, an illusion to a large degree with social media and the connectivity that we all have. I mean, that's sort of the, the benefit of it is the fact that you can reach anybody, you can contact anybody. But at the same time, there's just, you know, there's a lot of people, and uh, people have a tendency to, you know, want to have their voices heard. So I, I, it, it's a very crowded space. Yeah, and it's a very it's a, it's a lot of information, right? It's a lot of content, so it's a lot to sort through. So it can be it can be really overwhelming. And I think if you dive too heavily headfirst into that, you know, you can end up getting quite scrambled and lost. That's why it's really good to back away because I think fundamentally the things that you really need to survive are quite simple. And um, you know, it's the job of advertising and other things to make you think that it's quite complex and you need a lot of things to be happy. But it's just a bunch of bullshit, right? Meant to yeah. get you to spend money. Well, I always think about like my, I have like a cat, like a pet cat. And also when I start feeling overwhelmed, I think about like just animals, like birds and stuff flying around. Like they live in the same world mm-hmm. as us, you know, but they have none of the same worries or concerns or fears. And it's like, they're just, you know, they're just existing and doing their thing. Like it's, I mean, I guess as a human, like I guess that's stuff you think about. And like you're saying, it's like where I need to be at this age and what I need to be successful and what do people think about me? It's like, and then I just think about like, you know, pets and things like they're just doing their thing. Like they're happy just to like sit in the sun and, uh, you know, as long as they have some food yeah, to that's eat that's once the in a while. thing about human beings, right? Is that human beings are able to consciously question their own existence yeah. and be, and as far as we know, you know, we're the only beings that are sort of consciously aware of their mortality. So it's, it's a very odd thing. Nobody really knows why nobody has an answer to it. Human experience is kind of this unique thing. And, uh, I don't know. It just seems to me over time, it's really just about other people. It's really just about relating to other people and understanding other people as opposed to, you know, moving it outside of each other. Like, as you're saying with animals, I mean, it's just such a, it's, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot of wisdom in that because I think that, that a simple life tends to be the most fulfilling, you know, because you kind of can just be, I think the thing that gets people into trouble most of the time is their mind, right? You can get all, jacked up in your mind and anxious and neurotic about all the things we were just discussing about, you know, yeah. where you have to be, what you have to do. Um, and I think it, you know, it has a tendency to take people's grace and groundedness away. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, probably should consider ourselves lucky that we have these places to go to, you know, and that, uh, I mean, I, I know I am, I mean, in that my, my entire life hasn't consisted of just being in the city. And, and I know, you know, it's even a scientific scientifically evident that being in nature, being grounded, literally having your feet on the earth actually does make a physical difference. People might think it's bullshit, but I mean, it's, it, it's not, it's not. And I think that any time that you get out of the fray, and you get into nature, I think you immediately feel it and how apparent it is. So are, are you saying like, like shoes off, like feet, Touching, like physically yeah, touching your yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, man. I've there's heard about whole, this. There's actually this whole movement called ground uh, uh, grounding, and yeah. people, and it's like this this thing that the I guess the Earth has its own electromagnetic sort of uh, uh, pulse, and and and, and 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 grounding yourself on the Earth because back in the day everybody wore this. Is, it's it's pretty crazy, but everybody wore leather soled shoes, which is a uh, uh, what a conductor, right? So right. so you you actually were able you know, there was a sort of a, um, you were, you were actually direct, pretty much directly in contact with the earth, but, uh, there's, there's actually, I'm sure there's a whole business to it too, which I know there is, yeah. but, but people tend to wear rubber soled shoes now. And they say that it really does fuck up your, uh, the electrical signals in your body. 
And you'd be surprised. And, and there are all these older people with like bone issues and muscle issues that start, um, they have these things where you can ground sort of your sheets. It sounds insane, but had I not felt it for myself, I was like, oh, wow, this should actually work. And all these people, all their problems are going away. I, because I think all their physical problems sure. are going away because they're, they're sort of rooting themselves to the ground, which is kind of weirdly sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, metaphorical or whatever to, to sort of the fact that, you know, I, I don't know, I always think it's funny. The other day I saw this really interesting image in the city and it seemed just so metaphorical to me. You have these, you have these beautiful little stone churches in New York City that have been there for, you know, over a hundred years. And then you've got these giant towering skyscrapers that just, that just uh, miniaturize these churches and shroud them in shadows. And it just seems like to me that's, it's sort of very symbolic of kind of like where we're at, you know, there's yeah. this sort of simple grounded reality that people have moved away from and they've built up higher and higher and higher and higher to the point where they're not even in touch with that anymore. And it's no surprise to me that people have lost their way moving up that high because they've lost sight of what's really important. You know? Yeah. That's, that's really poignant, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the other day because you do, you really do see it. If you see my rock solid center, um, you know, if you look over towards, towards, you know, over, over Rockefeller center, there's this specific, I don't know what church it is. Like where they usually put the literally tree. These giant black skyscrapers just enshroud this oh. church. And it's just, I don't know. It's wild. Especially now I feel like you just see all these businesses merging together and creating these giant companies. I mean, things are moving so fast and you were talking about technology before it's just, it's changed so incredibly fast and evolved so immensely so quickly in our lifetime. Like the other day I was thinking about how, you know, what has it been? I mean, you remember, we were, we're the same age. I think, I mean, I remember my first computer was like a gigabyte mm-hmm. and you had a dial up modem. Yep. And then within what man, 20 years. Yeah. I remember pre-internet um, days, you know, I feel like incredible. that's, that's the, the unique thing about our generation is we're in the cusp of like, what it was like before all this stuff really, you know, yeah. started moving and then where I'm it so is glad. now. It's makes me so happy that we were born then. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad I we think... were born on the cusp because I don't know. I, I, I don't think you or I can really understand what that will evolve into a generation of people that have known no other way. Because when you think about it, you know, we, and look, I don't know. I don't know how kids are raised now, but I mean, I just remember going outside. There was a lot less worry, a lot less, mm-hmm. a yeah, lot less um, sure. neurosis about yeah. kids going out, playing, being Dude, outside. I was like in like first grade, like um, riding my bike, like all over the place, like places that I don't even, I don't even understand how my parents like thought it was okay. Like thinking now of yeah. how people are, but like I, dude, I used to ride my bike like miles and miles away from my house when I was like, I had to be like. I don't know what's first grade eight or I don't even, I don't even know how old I was. It was, I was really young. Yeah. yeah. I, I just had this inevitably, inevitably this happens to me. I have heard from my agent in six months and, uh, any time it's actually quite infuriating and, and almost <laughs> insane. But the moment you make plans to go away or you yeah. are away somewhere, yeah. the fucking phone rings right. and it's happened to me at least a dozen times. And it's, it's not even funny anymore because it's literally, that common and in between nothing you'll get like two phone calls when for six months you've had no phone calls so anyway so well, i just had to uh well maybe you got to go on vacation I more just, then, uh, Craig. what's up maybe you got to go on vacation more than i know like short little vacations that aren't that that drastic so that yeah. i can just turn right around and come back which i'm actually going to do tonight i just, oh, I just got goodness. here yesterday and i uh Oh man, I'm jumping in the car going back to New York City. (laughs) Dude, I'm glad I caught you before this this happened. It's kind of funny that all everything we're talking about and then that happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I try to be like mellow about it. I'm like, all right, because in the back of my head, I almost know what's going to happen at this point. So I'm just like, all right, is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah. What? So, like, what's that process like for you? So you're you're an actor. I don't know. I'm an actor. I, 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 to be honest, I don't know. I don't know what category I fall into, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't relate that much to be totally honest with you to all the other actors I know, because it's not really, 
the basis of sort of what drives me in all of this is more storytelling and more human psychology and human behavior and human experience than anything else. And it kind of lends itself to a lot of different things, including writing and, and speaking and, and having conversations like this. And, uh, and the acting aspect of it is, is, is a much more sort of human interest to me. And uh, I feel like, you know, what I've discovered by this point is I'm most happy when I'm sort of part of the process of storytelling. Um, and most of the people that I know that consider themselves actors, which I really don't know anything about, are people who are sort of at the behest of, um, of, other, of, of other people, of, of phones ringing, of them getting opportunities, being thrown a bone by somebody else. I'm just not comfortable with that. It's not, and nor nor am I really interested in waiting for somebody else to give me an opportunity to do something or, or, or play a, play a character um, that I feel like truly showcases who I am because, you know, look, the bottom line is, you know, in the beginning of this career, you spend a lot of time going out for empty TV roles that are, you know, you'll, and, you know, I've done a bunch of that stuff and you sort of get on set and you leave and, you know, you might make a nice paycheck, but you sort of are missing a sort of a core fulfillment from the process that I think for me only comes in when I'm, when I'm part of the, the sort of the foundation of the story that's being told. Um, yeah. It sounds like you go so, from two dimensions yeah, to three. It's, hard. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, because I am, but I, I have a hard time, I guess, pinning myself down to just that because, um, I don't know if I never acted again, if that necessarily would mean that I would be this miserable person. I think that there's a, there's a lot of other things I found that I'm interested in. And I think the, you know, I look, I, as, a, as a kid, I was obsessed with film. I, all I did was watch films and, um, you know, I was obsessed with comedy in the eighties and the nineties. You know, there's some of these wonderful films that you know, got to see growing up. And I always wanted to be part of that. And I think what I've realized is really the collaboration, collaborating with other like-minded people who are inspired and talented being in that moment, you know, while you're shooting is really, is really, um, the most enjoyable, <clears throat> the most enjoyable part to me. Um, if I, I think I'd be rather unhappy if I found myself in a position where I was kind of coming in being treated somewhat like a pawn and then being dismissed. Um, it just it really doesn't interest me that much, nor do I think those roles are really that interesting most of the time. You know, how, how enjoyable is it to go in and be a, a bomb, a SWAT team bomb tech? Right. I mean, what, so before you were, you, you were getting these roles though, were, was there a part of you that thought that this was going to, that was going to make you happy to, to, you know, pursue I think so. acting? I think so. I think because I think when you're a kid, you know, when I was a kid, it was a lot about, you know, I find that when you don't know the landscape of things and you can't possibly really understand from the inside out what this is all, how this all operates Yeah. when you're, um, when you're that young, because you just haven't, you haven't met the people involved. The you haven't seen that, behind the curtain. The people that represent you, the people that produce things. You, you don't know the landscape of exactly how this entire industry works. And so you just have this sort of vague notion that, you know, you want to be on TV, that you yeah. want to be involved. You want to, you want to, you know, it's, it's rather superficial. Yeah. And then, uh, so I think, and I think a lot of people continue on that path, but um, I think because, at the core of it, I kind of want to make a difference in people's lives. It's it sort of, you know, I needed to get underneath things a little bit more. And then when I started to see the landscape of things, I started to understand what agents did and producers did and where directors came in and all of these different parts of the process and, you know, what, what these people did. And I, I sort of got a much clearer idea of where I wanted to be involved in it. But absolutely, when I was younger, it was sort of this very, very, simple vague notion of of wanting to be on tv and i'm so glad that i evolved in my opinion past that because uh it's a pretty vapid existence from my point of view unless you're lucky enough to be working with brilliant people Do you know what i mean right from the get-go yeah and, and um, but what a lot of people want to do obviously is work with brilliant directors and work on great stories when the reality is you're going out on a Wendy's commercial, you know what I mean? And you're, and you're thinking in your head somehow that a commercial and a TV show and a play 
and a feature film somehow have anything to do with one another. And they do, of course, superficially. But to me, those are like completely different careers. Like you, you, you start to realize sort of, sort of, um, you know, focus in on exactly what it is that you want out of all this. And, and, you know, it's funny thinking back when you go on these commercial auditions when you're younger and you think it has anything to do with acting and not to do with commerce, because, you know, you leave, you're like, I think I did a good job. I think I, I think I really did a great performance. Mm. Meanwhile, you know, they're, they're, they're just looking for a look, you know, it's a bunch of people sitting around a table, corporate people who don't know anything about performance, who are just, basically trying to convince one another why they like somebody's haircut, you know? Yeah, it sounds like that that classic place of where art and commerce uh, collide. Yeah, man, that's the balance. That's that's really, I, I, you know, you kind of hit it on the head. I think this whole career is a dance between those two things, and I think the better you are at, at, at dancing, you know, the way better you are at examining what's going on and dancing in between those two things and being, you know, intelligent about it, you know, because look, man, I know a lot of people who shit on the business side of this and they say, you know, fuck that. I just want to be a real artist. And it's like, okay, but you know, you also need opportunity. You know, you need people behind you. So you have to be good with people. You have to be good. You know, you have to pick your battles. You have to know your audience um, in life and in, in the work that you're doing. And I think if you can kind of find a, a, you know, find a good dance between, you know, making sure you're keeping your side of the street clean commercially, uh, and you're doing the work, but you're not losing sight of the fact that you're in this for sort of some human artistic fulfillment, something much more, um, fundamental than getting a paycheck or, um, or sort of being famous, getting fucking attention, whatever, you know, you start to realize that, you know, this beautiful thing happens where as long as you're making enough money to survive and you're being honest with yourself about what you want to be doing and who you want to be around, you're surrounding yourself with good people, then you're going to be fine. But if you're constantly chasing that carrot, that's what everybody does in this life, man. You know, they chase this carrot and they know that once they get it, from all the wisdom from the most ancient of times, we've been told that there's no end game. And there's no end game, but we as human beings seemingly convince ourselves or delude ourselves or give ourselves temporary amnesia that somehow when we get the thing we want or we think we want, then we'll have reached the pinnacle. Um, But it's just not true. And unfortunately, some people spend their entire lives chasing something, make a ton of money only to find out that they're miserable and depressed, you know, and I think that it's a sad thing. I just feel, I don't know, I consider myself pretty pretty blessed to, to, to be at a point, you know, even by this age that I'm like, you know what, as long as I'm making enough money to feed myself and to do, do some things that I want to do and I'm keeping my side of the street clean and I have really good people around me and my relationships are solid, I'm going to be fine. You know, I can do that till I die. I have no problem. And then, you know, you just sort of let it ride. Dude, that, I think, yeah, I think that's a super healthy attitude to have. I mean, especially in, in the acting business. I mean, all you hear are constantly stories about, you know, if these people had reached this pinnacle or this place where they were truly happy, like they wouldn't have like all these problems that they have with, you know, uh, uh, addiction and other types of, you know, crutches that, you know, you get to this place and you look around and, Hey, yeah, this man. is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Or this doesn't, this doesn't heal my soul the way I was thinking this was going to solve all my problems. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, that was a real concern of mine. I mean, because I remember, when I got out of college, you know, I thought about being an actor and I was like, what is self-involved, self-serving choice to make in life? Because coming out of college, I just had this, this, this thought in my head, like, what the hell am I, what am I doing if I'm not helping other people? Like, what is the purpose on this earth? It can't possibly be just to make money and to fulfill this sort of dream that I had. I, 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 there must be some greater purpose that one can have other than attaining those things. And then slowly but surely, thankfully, I, I started to realize that that wasn't, I, I was scared. I was scared that that's all it was about, that I wanted attention and I wanted money and I wanted people to know who I was. And then, uh, you know, it took me a while, but slowly I started to realize that, you know, I had a deeper drive to do, to do something more important. And I'm still on that journey. You know what I mean? I'm still, I'm still figuring it out, but there's a lot of pressure that's been uh, alleviated as a result of kind of 
being honest with myself about those things. And, and, uh, you know, it really did take me to my mid thirties, man. I mean, I don't think I had any fucking clue what the hell I was doing until I was 30 years old in retrospect. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just really interesting to me that in life at every phase of our existence, we have such confidence in who we are, what we think, what we want, all these things. And then every time you get a little bit older, you look back and you're like, Jesus, I had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, uh, that's exactly where I'm at too. It's, it's actually really refreshing to, to have you, to hear you talking about this and, and like the perspective that you've gained. Cause it's like, I was such an arrogant, like little shit, you know, like back when I was like <laughs> yeah. 19, you know, I thought I, thought I understood everything about the world. And like, I think as you get older, you realize like more and more how little you actually understand about the way things work and in life. It's, and that's okay. You know, I think okay, letting yeah. go is a big part of that. I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, look, man, I don't even think I know the, the real struggle of, of, of living and existing is that we have this brain that's a computer that filters our experience. And then there's the part of us that just experiences. And I think if you can train yourself, which I think everybody can, but first you have to acknowledge you know, that you've got this duality to you, that you've got to be able to, you can't let the computer go haywire because in my opinion, that's why people get neurotic and anxious and crazy because they try so hard to figure everything out. When if you just let yourself be, you usually find out that things are just fine and things are going to be fine, but there's really nothing to worry about um, because you're going to die eventually. And uh, I think being in denial of that fact as though, and I think there's an immortality issue that people have somehow they think they're going to figure out how to live forever. And uh, it's sort of this life pursuit. And then there's this horrible end where you kind of realize maybe you missed the boat. You know, Alan Watts, that philosopher has that unbelievable, um, you know, they've made some animations out of it. You should look it up. I'm, I'm sure you might've already seen it when, you know, when we're kids, we're put into this, sort of straight line mentality, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, go to college, get out of college, join the workforce. And then you're supposed to have made it to that place at some point when you realize it was never really about um, getting anywhere. It was really about the dance along the way. And I think it's really hard for people because you've got to keep yourself centered and grounded and in control so that you don't, so that you don't um, make yourself nuts. Because there's nothing to figure out, man. You know, nobody has the answer. And at the same time, um, everybody's in the same boat. You know, everybody thinks we're so different, but everybody's still struggling to find meaning in all this, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everybody's on, like, a different journey, but, like, we share pretty much the exact same hardware and tools to, you know, I don't know. Fig- Absolutely. And the, same, and the same questions and the same insecurities. Yep. Um, the same mystery for all of us. So, I don't know. It's it's a shame, you know, people are, especially now things are so divisive. People are so divisive and it sort of, um, in a way, as we were saying with social media, it, it can really, it can really feed into the worst parts of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, um, yeah, man. So, you know, it's even good talking to you about this because I find that when we talk to each other about this, it's kind of reaffirming for all of us. And it's, as you said, it's kind of nice to know that there are other people out there that are that are struggling with the same things and have the same yeah. questions and are having the same human experience. That's actually like the uh, most amount of feedback I get about the podcast. That this this very thing we're doing right now is that exact exactly what you just said. You know, like people uh, find a lot of comfort in just listening to these type of conversations because every like a lot of the same creative, artistic, and people in general struggle with all the things we're talking about and. You know, you face the world. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you feel, it feels like you face the world alone, but like we're all here, like trying to get through this and do the same thing and doing our best, you know? Yeah, man. And it's important, it's important not to, not to try so hard to convince people that you got it all figured out because you don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Crazy, man. So what did you, so, so, uh, you told Sean to hang up. Did he actually go away or is he still listening? Uh, I think my phone, oh, he's still here. Sean, you still here? <laughs> he's been like, so Sean's been listening this whole time. He's like, he was like, uh, he's like, come on, man. Just let me, let me listen into this car. I was like, dude, it's going to be recorded. Obviously we can, we can, you can listen to it on Thursday or whatever. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you spoken to Sean at all on this yet? I have. Yeah. He's on one of the, I think he's on the first one when I, when I was like speaking with, um, 
I started like I, it's basically it was started as like recording Q and A, and then I shifted over to talking to people because we took off because Fourth of July, and then now it's just kind of spun into just talking to creative people and creatives about the artistic process. So, uh, but I got to get them back oh, on awesome. here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we talked a little bit about Hudson. Um, is there anything like? Yeah. Do you want to like chat a little bit about that? Like what you know what that was like and working on that. Do you have time? Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm super proud of it, man, and I think it's because Sean and I are obviously best friends, and I and I think that, you know, we we've always sort of been on the same page with the things that we're trying to express and the emotions that we're trying to express, and I think that one of the most outstanding things about the process was just the courage that Sean had to to sort of you know not only fund the whole thing, but take a big risk on um, on just allowing the characters that we wrote to, to sort of create themselves on screen. And I think that we both had this idea that if we structured um, the story, you know, tightly enough and we kind of knew who these people were, that if we chose the right actors and um, had the circumstances um, uh, outlined uh, well enough that we would be able to kind of like catch some magic and I'm really proud of it and I and I and I you know can never really it's very hard to be objective obviously but uh, like I said uh, as as excited as I am about you know people seeing it I'm super proud about what we've done and I'm super proud that um that we were able to accomplish it and I think it's the first of many um and and I guess the one thing that sort of that stands out to me is the process that we used because it wasn't sort of your typical sort of screenplay to screen um, process. We, we sort of allowed, allowed ourselves to sort of be open to what was in the ether and catch some things in the moment. And I'm just really looking forward to developing that process further because, um, you know, I think we have something special. Um, it's a very simple movie, but it's sort of simple in the way that I've always liked movies because, I don't think they always have to hit you over the head. And it, much like this conversation, I think that it, that there's breathing room to understand that, you know, the people in that film were at a crossroads where they all crossed paths, you know, at this specific point in their lives. And they kind of come out a little bit different at the end, which is what I think every interaction that we have with each other kind of results in, you know, hopefully if you're present enough, you know, you've learned a little bit of something and maybe changed for the better in the process, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's really profound, man. Like I never, I never like considered that. Like even like every single kind of interaction you have, you can, you can come away, uh, just changed. And like, yeah. And I think it's something that you have, you can teach yourself. I think that there's a cognitive reframing, uh, who was talking about that? I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and Chuck Palahniuk, the guy who wrote Fight Club. Yeah, he, uh, he was talking about that, and I'm so on the same page. I think that the real trick is that whatever happens in your life, whether it be negative or positive, there truly is some positive in that thing, and there is some positive about even uh, an unpleasant interaction. And I've had plenty of unpleasant interactions, and I think as long as you're able, as long as you're willing to be honest, look at your call yourself out on your own bullshit and not be prideful, have some humility. You can keep evolving into just a better and better person. I think where people get into trouble is where they hide behind their pride and their ego. And they're they're just too concerned with, with just seeming like they're not human, you know? Um, And like you were saying before, seeming like you have all the answers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. That's the funny thing. Right. And that's been something that has been, um, mentioned by, you know, any number of ancient philosophers who really are, you know, in Buddhism, it's, it's just really a matter of understanding that you kind of have everything that you already need, but it's this chase for the external, right? That everybody's oh, always God, just yeah. chasing after these things or these relationships or these people to make everything all right. Not realizing that if you don't sort of settle into yourself and like yourself in, in all your flaws, then, you know, this, you're going to struggle a lot more than you need to. Well, that, and that's actually something I've been struggling with for a while. Like sometimes even with doing all this creative stuff, I'm wondering if it's just a way to, you know, right some wrong that happened to me as, as a kid or, you know, trying mm-hmm. to make people love me because I didn't feel loved enough or, you know, whatever the reason all is. All that. Yeah. It's all like, that, man. And I mean, that's why I do it. You know, I mean, I, 
you I think you'd be an actor? From my parents' divorce, et cetera, yeah. right? Relationships, heartbreaks that I've had yeah. when I was young, having uh, overly romanticized points of view about life and what was going to yeah. happen in my life. Oh, yeah. And then realizing that there's a beauty in sort of the flawed nature of everything and that, you know, in, in the in the spaces in between are kind of where the real beauty is, not in the... Um, not in the things that we kind of attain or the, or the, or the places that we get to, you know, I, I run, I'm a long distance runner on the side and I, and I run a few marathons and I remember that first marathon I ran, I had trained you know, really hard for it. And I was, you know, running towards the end, running towards the end. And then when you get to the end, you kind of realize it's over and you realize that that whole journey leading up to that race was really what it was about. Yeah. And I kind of just clicked on and I was like, you know what, you've got to, just remember, try to be present as much as you can because it, it it's always about that journey, you know. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I think that's something that comes up a lot with the people I talk to too on here, and uh, just it's like I mean, it's a, it's a classic, almost a cliche at this point, but it's it's not the journey, it's not the destination, it's about the journey, you know. It's uh, yeah, man. I think that that's an important thing to say because I think because people say these things often and we write them off as cliches, and I think it's obvious why we do because. They're used in advertising, yeah. you know, in order to lure people into buying things or people just throw them around. As I've gotten older, when I've had moments of clarity, yeah. you all of a sudden really listen to those words and yeah. you see this like real deep truth in them. Exactly. And you yeah. and you see that you've kind of just been glazing over them and, and all of a sudden they're they're able to sort of fill you with this real meaning because yep. they are they're cliches for a reason, you know? That's the funniest thing about them. It becomes like suddenly they're not just like these words that you've heard over and over again. It becomes you like understand it like what you said, like on a whole different level of I don't know. Just it just it just clicks and it's like, okay, I understand now like why people always yeah. say that. It's like it's like just yeah, do it that- too. Like Nike, you know, I mean, that's like such a cliche, like just do it. But like that's like really the best advice you could you could really have for yourself or for anybody who's struggling to like accomplish anything is you know, instead of thinking about it, instead of in action, like just do it. Absolutely, man. Because what do people? What do people most of the time do? They sit there and they overthink it, mm-hmm. and they tell themselves all the reasons why they shouldn't, or what they could possibly go about wrong. It, why not they don't realizing have what they that, want. You know, every time you do, just take action. It just brings you a little bit. You know, it makes you a little bit wiser, and it makes you realize that. You know, I've seen this in any number of circumstances in my life. All that fear and anticipation always ends up dissolving by the time you actually take that step forward. You realize there was yeah. nothing to be scared of. That's it's the hardest always part. Just the, yeah. The starting, yeah. Absolutely. That's, it's, yeah. It's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, so I actually, I actually watched Hudson. I don't know, Sean sent me the raw cut, um, and I, I fucking loved it, man. Did you, man? Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, like I'm glad, man. It's uh it's uh it, it's tricky, right? Because you know you you sort of make something uh, so close and it's personal, to it. yeah. and you you just don't know how it's going to play, and you know you just hope that people relate to it. Um, it was kind of our first venture into a feature film, which I think can be kind of intimidating um, because it's just it, it's it's a big box to unpack, but. Um, that's great, man. I'm really glad. I'm really glad you liked it. It's good. It's good to hear. I hope. Uh, I hope other people agree with you. Yeah. When, when is the um, the premiere? It's going to be in Syracuse, New York, right? Yeah. There's a screening on October fourth, and I know Sean had told me we're waiting on you know a few festivals. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll be announcing those as 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 they uh, as we hear about them. Hopefully, we get into at least one. And, yeah, uh, awesome. and other than that, man, I mean, it's just always kind of about moving forward. So I think we've just been discussing what we're going to do next and, you know, kind of yeah. trying to regroup. What's, what do you think's next on the horizon? Out. What's that? What do you think's next on the horizon? What have you guys been chatting about? I don't know. We've been talking about just going a little bit, a little bit deeper into another genre, maybe sort of mixing it up because there's other, there's other elements. I and mean, Sean and I are always talking like you and I are talking right now, pretty much. And, and I think that, you know, trying to get to the bottom of what it is that we're trying to say and what interests us and, and um, getting a little bit more into that sort of human psyche in terms of panic and um, uh, maybe a little bit more of, a, of, of the darkness. You know, I think that 
this was sort of a, almost like a celebratory um, film about, you know, love and apology and, and about friendship and about, you know, um, human beings sort of crossing each other's paths in life. And, and I think um, uh, it was also kind of a love letter to like just that, the, the autumn. I think Sean and I had yeah. this sort of fixation on the fall, especially in the East Coast. Oh, me too. Yeah. It was kind of like, it sort of almost seemed like that's where the whole thing was birthed from. Mm-hmm. So um, I really don't know what it will be specifically, but I think that we might try to explore something a little bit darker next time, but um, we, we shall see. Well, it sounds like you got the perfect set where you are right now. You're saying this is a great place to have a horror movie. I don't know if you're thinking that dark, but uh, that, I'm, I, I, I can't wait, man. I feel like Hudson, to me, I think it's going to be one of those films people look back on in like five years and say, wow, I can't believe like these guys did this and everybody was, uh, you know, I can't believe all these people that are in this are in this. Oh, man, that's really nice of you to say. Let's hope so. Yeah, you, so... As as a horror movie now, this is, I guess this is, this is one of my last questions for you. I don't know if you got to get going or, um, but do you see yourself? Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh cool. So with the horror movie idea, um, do you see yourself as like the victim or the, um, you know, as like the the evil entity? I don't know. I mean, I think Sean and I are both are kind of fascinated with sort of psychological thriller, psychological, uh, um, uh, psychological horror. So I think if anything, it would be an exploration of the duality of somebody's personality, of the okay. contradictions of somebody's, of somebody's humanity. So maybe somebody who's on the brink of breaking or has broken, you know, I, I feel like that's sort of very, very interesting. So I feel like it would be, it would be exploring that. And if I were to play that character, I think that's sort of where we would start from somebody, somebody who, you know, is, is in the middle of, of that transition, you yeah. know, I had a feeling into, you were uh, yeah, like both yeah. basically. Yeah. That's awesome. What was that? What was that? Sorry. No, I, I had a feeling that, I don't know, for some reason when I was like thinking about that question, I, I kind of like based on this conversation, I was like, I was like, I'm, he's probably going to say like both. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, to be honest, man, I, that's the interesting thing. People always ask me if I do comedy or I do drama and I love comedy. I've always been obsessed with comedy. Comedy is something that's kind of come naturally to me, you know, and I've, I've done it for a long time, but I'm also, um, extremely interested in, in human psychology and, and, and the darkness of human yeah. psychology. And yeah, I have my too, own dark too. side, obviously. Yeah, I think everybody Sean does. Sean does. So it, it, it's just, it's, 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 it's endlessly fascinating to me how the contradiction in humanity, you know, I think that we tend to look for these one-dimensional versions of people where where we think this is a good person, this is a, a just person or a kind person, and then this person is evil, this person is bad. And I think the one thing that always seems to be missing is that, as we've seen throughout history, and maybe we ignore it a little bit too much, is that people are always both. The most evil person in the world can be capable of giving you very useful wisdom, and one of the kindest, most you know, wise people are capable of, of, of atrocity. And, and that's just life, right? That's yeah. just the way it is. And I, I think that people run away from that because they don't want to see their own darkness, but it, it's always there, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, um, you know, one of the best shows of all time that people agree on, like Breaking Bad, you know? I think that's what makes Breaking it... Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah absolutely, like, exactly. The moral exactly. ambiguity. And, and, you know? know, it was done so so brilliantly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a brilliant writing. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's the, the gray areas is, is really where it's like you were saying too, like the space in between, you know, I mean, it's a little bit different, you know, the space in between your journey, but like, it's the same idea. It's like, it's where those things kind of mix. And I mean, that's why I always really like, like movies like blue velvet, you know, where, uh, Jeffrey, he's like this innocent kid and he just kind of goes back to his hometown Mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, just out of high school or whatever, coming back. And, and then he gets into this, like gets sucked into this like dark underbelly, like, I mean, really dark world, you know, and it's like, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. This, this is like, I'm really excited. Absolutely, yeah, man. Me too. Me too. Um, definitely keep you posted on it, man. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you saw the movie. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, I'm it. gonna be definitely coming out to the, the um, screening too. I'm excited. Oh, great, man. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I hope we, uh, I hope we get some, some, some people to see it. I think Sean and I are kind of trying to bust our asses to make sure that we fill that thing up as much as you can. So anybody in Syracuse, in the Syracuse area, Palace Theater, October 4th, I think it's at 
7.30, something like that. Yeah, I'll definitely um, bump it and find but, it. But, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see it on the big screen, too, you know? That's a whole other experience. Yeah, that's uh, – it's. I can't. I can't wait. Like, um, I was. I almost didn't want to watch it when Sean sent me the rough cut because I was like, ah, I want to like experience it, you know, in the in the theater. Yeah. You know? But uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit different. It's, it's kind of a scenic movie, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that landscape on screen. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's uh, you guys like yeah, for I don't know, man. It's it's a great movie. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, and Greg, one last thing. Is is there anywhere mm-hmm. online people can find you? I have a website, gregorylayactor.com, www.gregorylayactor, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-L-A-Y-actor.com. Cool. You know, and then, uh, let's see. You know, I have a few movies on uh, Amazon. You can kind of look it up. I have a movie that I made with another buddy of mine called Lonely Boys, which is on Amazon. Uh, a movie called Crazy Famous that came out last year. It's also on Amazon Prime. You can check that out. It's a silly little movie. It's a lot. It's fun. Um, a fun comedy. But uh, but yeah, man. I'm always kind of. I'm always kind of you know just trying to trying to do something. So uh, hell yeah. Yeah, and then of course IMDb. You can kind of check out all the shit I've done and all that. Thanks so much, MJ. Thanks, Greg. Oh man, what a cool dude. You know, it's funny. I always, uh, I've watched a lot of things that Greg's been in because he works a lot with Sean on some commercials and films and stuff. And, uh, it's funny cause I feel like I know him, even though I've never really spoken to him. We were saying how this was like the first time we really talked, but cause we both know Sean, it's, it's funny cause we both kind of orbit around him a little bit, but we've never really crossed paths in any sort of, uh, capacity where we were chatting, you know, maybe high here and there, but so man, so good talking to Greg. I hope, uh, this conversation uh, gives you some ideas about what you're working on and the journey we're all on. And uh, hey, just remember, you're not alone out there, all right? This is Mike from 424recording.com. Godspeed, my friends. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support the podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash 424recording. Appreciate you, my friends. And uh, make sure you do something you want to do today, okay?